Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. to the Cop Eye Podcast with your hosts Mick Moran and Jay Pearson. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Cop Eye Podcast. It's episode two of the Isolation Podcast. Um, I'm joined by Mick once again, obviously, and uh, we have a very special guest today. Delighted to welcome uh, Chris Pajak back onto the pod. Chris, thanks very much for coming, mate. Thank you very much for having me again, mate. So it's all footy with anybody, you know this. <laughs> Mick, are you all right, lad? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not still, bad. You're yeah. still missing me. Of course. Every yeah. It goes by what I don't. Well, that's it, mate. Your, your chair's empty next to me. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm in a fucking tent here, aren't I? Um, well, the first thing, lads, I want to talk about is um, obviously the piece that's just gone up uh, recently of, uh, with the Athletic um, regarding the FIFA's decision to indefinitely suspend the season. Um, obviously, we know what Belgium, what the Belgian league has done. Um, and obviously, that's it's a different it's a different kettle of fish with with the type of league that they've got. But I just want to get both your thoughts on that news because obviously it's a weight off our shoulders, isn't it, Chris? Well, with what with what Belgium have done and with what thing, I think Belgium's slightly different to us, isn't it? Because they had a game left, and the only one team gets yeah. relegated, and the, by all accounts, it was done and dusted. And obviously, FIFA looking to inde- indefinitely um, suspend seasons, which is what, what I think it's all about. But I think, look, the Premier League have already said they're indefinitely looking to suspend this season, so that's fine by me. I think I've always been of the mindset that um, I think money rules. And football clubs aren't going to just give up 10 games of a season when they can have those 10 games and then they can have a short break and have another 38. That's what they'll want to do because 10 games might be 2 million quid a game day for Liverpool. You know what I mean? And so so I've always thought, and FIFA are the worst for it. If there's no fucking football, they've got no money. 
At least the clubs have got other other revenue streams. Yeah. And you, what are you going to do? Just cancel half a season of Champions League, and then what happens for the revenues that they've been paid by TV companies and all that type of stuff? Do they give that money back? They can't afford to give that money back. You know, football is obviously. It's a cash-rich sport, but it's on a promise of something. You know what I mean? These TV deals are done three, four, five years in advance. They're paying the money yeah. for something that hasn't happened yet. So when it comes down to it, the, the football clubs need to deliver because they're spending it on players' wages and they're spending it on transfer fees. And if you then go, well, actually, we need to give that money back. What if Liverpool had to give 100 million quid back to the TV? They'd be like, oh, hang on, we exactly. made 42 million pounds in 2018, but we got 100 million off the telly, people. So we'd be 50 down. You know what I mean? And, and you look at it and you go, well, I can't imagine that FIFA, UEFA or the leagues really want to suspend anything. Now, if the leagues decide to, sounds, it's not going to be a one-size-fits-all, this thing. What might work for America might not work for Belarus. What works for Belarus might not work for Australia and England. You, you, you've got to... It's good, though, that FIFA are giving people the option, I suppose, and saying, look, we're not going to force people into getting this shit done. We are going to let you work it out at your own time, I suppose, because I hate FIFA. And it actually seems like they've done something right for once. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Like you said there, Chris, like I think this thing that's going to come out in hopefully the next 48 hours, it'll be properly confirmed. I think it's it's to give the, the flexibility by country. So like you said, it's not going to be a one-size-fits-all. So what's right for England isn't necessarily going to be right for Spain. So giving us this bit of leeway, we can try, try and sort it out ourselves and then try, try and work from there, which is obviously the best thing for everyone. Well, that's mm-hmm. the thing, isn't it? I think I'm I'm sick of all the fucking bullshit that keeps coming out. Oh, just it, we can't disturb the next season and stuff like that. You know, if we were five games into a season and this happened, then yeah, fair enough. But there's there's what nine, ten get there's nine games left, isn't there? There's no point disturbing this season. That's you know seventy five percent done. To well, this might not get sorted out till fucking November. And if we've got mm-hmm. to start the season, then we've got to start the season. Then it's like we said in the last episode, Mick. If it comes to Christmas and we're starting a new season, then that's absolutely fine. That's what we've got to do. I just, am I speaking really biased because of where we are in the league? Yeah, too fucking right I am. But at the end of the day, if I was a football fan, I just think, let's just get this one finished first because it's not just us that are in this position. You've got to think of Leeds, you've got to think of West Brom. There's relegation to still de- still be decided. Fuck off, Karen Brady. Um, you've got, we've got European places to, to discuss as well. You know, At the end of the day, Leicester deserve to be where they, where they are. We can't just void the season and say, oh, yeah, you're not getting Champions League football. Sheffield United have, have done so well. They've got an opportunity to get fifth place. You know, you never know where that might lead to. And there's just so many unanswered questions. And they, they all need answering, don't they, before we, we kick a ball for next season? Definitely. Yeah, they do. The other big question is, where the fuck did you go, lad? Are you still on video? I can't see you. I, I'm, I'm, I've, I've disappeared. Yeah, yeah. I, can still, <laughs> I can still see everyone. <laughs> Can you? Yeah, I can't see you for some reason, mate. Don't know what's going on there. What's going on here? I've still got you two. That's weird. Oh, there we go. Have you still got both of us? Yeah, yeah. Mine's fine. Are you all right, Chris? Yeah. I'm. I'm all. I'm all right. Cracking on without being able to see you. I just was a little bit concerned that you just disappeared. <laughs> Oh, mate, you don't want to see the glare bouncing off my ball there anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm missing that on the lad. I've not seen that. <laughs> uh, uh, right, that, we'll, we'll, we can edit that. That's the outtakes. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like you said, like you said Jay, like, like the likes of Sheffield United, <clears throat> this could be the, a one-off for them. This could be the, their best season they're ever going to have. So they deserve the, 
to to reap the the, the fruit of what what they're gonna what what they would have got this season what what might not happen next season so in yeah. in a way we need to like like I said it's not a one size fits all but the teams that are doing so well need to be given given the prizes that they rightly deserve and and the teams that aren't doing so well the ones that are all fucking shouting from the rooftop saying for it to be voided well it doesn't work like that do you know what I mean like we just we, to come to a, a final conclusion is what is is right for everyone, not just because Liverpool are fucking twenty five points clear, which is true, but because it's the right thing to do ultimately. Yeah, yeah you lose the integrity of the sport, don't you, if you don't finish the season? You you know, and the integrity of competition. I mean, why would you ever? And I keep saying this, I've said this every to everyone that's asked me, why would you preference a season that hasn't started over one that's seventy five percent complete? It's yeah. fucking baffling. Oh, the reason is you don't like how it's gone. That's the yeah, only fucking exactly. reason that I can come up with. Yeah, no, you're absolutely spot on. And I think before the last couple of years, we'd probably agreed in every single season. Yeah, avoid it, doesn't matter. You know, 2011, 2012, okay. yeah, fuck it, avoid it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not asked. You, yeah. you, you would definitely say the same thing. And there's a there's a big shiny trophy that uh, we need to get uh, presented to us. And um, to be fair, this is, this, this is a question I put to Mick on the last episode, Chris, and I'll, uh, I'll see what you think about this. Um, you know, touch wood and all that sort of thing, that it's still going to happen. I think we can believe that it, it will happen eventually. Um, in terms of like the presentation, these players deserve to have us in that stadium cheering them on and, you know, congratulating them. And it, it would break my heart. Not so much if they, they're playing a game where they get the three points and the crown champions and no one's there. I get it. You know, we, we've got to be safe at the end of the day. We've got to play these games when it's safe to do so. But putting all that aside, you know, we are a football podcast. This is what we all do. It's what we all love. I would feel heartbroken if those players are lifting that trophy and we're not anywhere near them, which is why I was saying that I think it would be a great idea if the trophy presentation was delayed until the first home game of the next season when everyone's allowed in the stadium, providing, obviously, the government letters and all that sort of stuff. I think that would be great to do so. Obviously, they'll have to get changed and play the, play the game and get back into the new balance kit, but, um, Chris, the, the fans need to be in that stadium when Hendel lifts that trophy, don't they? Yeah, it's it's definitely not something I've even considered, to be honest, but I like the idea. I think the idea is boss, to be honest with you. Like, I'd be bang up for that because you don't want to miss it, do you? You don't want to miss out. And, you know, I think when it's safe to do so, I want to see a big fuck-off parade as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what, what, what better way than maybe play the first game and then go on a fucking boss parade afterwards? Although, you kind of, if you get beat in the first game of the season, that would put a little bit of a downer on it. So maybe that's a bad idea. Maybe you parade it first and they'll go to the game and everyone's <laughs> yeah. like, it's the, it's the biggest coach welcoming you've ever seen because you've had half a million people on the streets or maybe a million people on the streets parading it and then the players are going to have to do the warm-ups on the bus and stuff like that. But we get in there and we just go right into the game, no messing around, just fuck up the opposition, game over, boss. But that's the thing is we we need to have a proper celebration. Yeah, I mean, people are saying, oh, you, you're, ne- you're destined never to win it. Listen, I've waited 30 odd years. I'm prepared to wait a little bit longer to see that trophy get lifted above Hendo's head. I'm absolutely fine with it. Um, and if that's a case of where we play the first game in the night kit and then we've got to, we go off, go get changed back into New Balance and come back out and lift the trophy, that's fine with me for continuity and photos. I don't give a shit. Just do it. I just think that would be fucking brilliant and it would wind everybody up. Yeah, boss that way. Yeah, especially the fucking first games against United or Everton, which it won't be, obviously, but it'd be fucking funny if it was. <laughs> uh, but Mick, the uh, the piece that you read uh, in the Mirror um, yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on that? First of all, for those of you that haven't seen it, what is the uh, the detail on it? So it's a piece from David Maddock, basically says um, a tentative agreement's been made with the government for 
a restart in June. Um, obviously, the, the Saturday 3pm kick-off embargo has been lifted, obviously, to probably go hand-in-hand hand with that. But, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's early stages, I think, at this stage. Uh, like, you think the amount of plan that's going to go need to go into, like, players going to have to be kept in, like, strict, sterile environments and it's yeah. gonna it's gonna be a tricky one obviously like it, it's gonna have to be played by ear but uh, if if it does come to playing behind closed doors in june what what do you what do you think of that chris do you think that's something that's viable i don't know mate there's obviously going to be cleverer people than than me and you and uh, to be able to work all that type of stuff out but on the surface of things you know, it's not just the players and the playing staff, is it, and the coaching staff, but it's like camera operators for Sky or BT or whoever it is. It's obviously yeah. your match day crew. You're going to need police. You're going to need doctors. You're going to need nurses. You're going to need St. John's Ambulance, all that type of stuff as well. Um, so uh, how are they going to do this? I know the one thing that I saw last week, I'm sure everybody will have seen, was about the World Cup style um, camps and games in the Midlands and stuff. The, my big my big issue with this no it's not an issue actually my big thought on this is they're only going to get one chance to do it because mm. if one person gets sick that's it that's the end of the season yeah. full stop yeah. they won't they won't try it again yeah. um and they're probably going to need to be a two week quarantine separate of each other so let's say there's a cameraman who works for BT who's going to have to go into a two week quarantine at the same time as Hendo yeah. and then after two weeks they're going to go into another self-quarantine with everybody because they're probably all going to stay in the same hotel or something for another two weeks. Then there's going to be a pre-season. Now, you could be talking like, this actually could get started in May just to get games started in June. Yeah. And is or, or is it all going to get started in June for games in July? I don't know, man. It's yeah, just, yeah. it's so much bigger than I think people give it credit for. Yeah. Absolutely. You can't just get 22 players on a football field. Like you just said, there's people, there's, there's doctors, there's nurses. And I just... I can't see that happening, if I'm honest. I don't see us. I mean, I, I've been furloughed for work until June, and that's just little old me who does fuck all for a living, you know, as Mick likes to say. <laughs> um, and the thing is, as well, there's so many variables about it. I, it makes me feel sick of playing those World Cup games type style in, in the Midlands because it means we wouldn't be at Anfield for it, and that just, oh, it, it's not even worth thinking about. I, I just, for me, just let it crack on. And let's get rid of it until it's all safe to do so, and then we can all be in the stadium together. That's what I'd, I'd want. But with what Mick touched on there was the the three pm kickoff rule. Now this is something we can do. A, I'd love to do a separate episode on it, but I want to get your thoughts on it, Chris. Is we've been, you know, hounded by these three pm this three pm kickoff rule on the TV for for donkey's years now. So you know, it's pretty much the same amount of time that we haven't uh, won the league for, and. I think this could be the catalyst to a massive change in how football's broadcast uh, in terms of the 3pm kick, kick, kickoff disappearing now. Because we know the reason why was to get people in the stadium. It's now the other way around now. It's so hard to get a ticket for the game now. And this could be this could be a great thing for the sport going forward, couldn't it? Yeah, it could be. Um, look, Liverpool don't play many 3pm kickoffs on a Saturday anyway, do they? Because they're on television all the time. So it's actually yeah. not something that really affects us as a fan base that often. You know, what a handful of times maybe a season yeah. if if that like yeah. i always like the american model of it to be honest with you and, and and you guys might know i'm a massive nfl fan yeah. uh, and on nfl game pass uh, which is their subscription model it's an app that you can you subscribe to the games won't be broadcast unless the stadium's full so wow. as a simple fucking rule if your game's not full at 3 p.m on a saturday you can't broadcast it if it's fucking full broadcast it 
if they're the two issues, yeah, yeah, it's not hard. You know what I mean? Like maybe you could say it needs to be ninety percent sold out by the Saturday before. Liverpool's games are a hundred percent sold out, fucking three months before, so we'd be getting broadcast all the time, like, yeah. and and therefore it might be that the Burnleys of this world, where it actually might make more of a difference too, mm. won't be able to broadcast their games at three pm. Well, no one's asked anyway, realistically, because you can't fill the stadium. Yeah. But it it kind of would say, oh, look, yeah. the Premier League is is making sure it's commodity. It's Liverpool's, it's Manchester United, it's Man City's, it's Arsenal's, it's Chelsea's. They're going to be sorted. And the other teams that rely maybe on match day revenue a little bit more, that's not too bad. And if you want to fill your stadium, I know what the NFL teams do is they give the tickets away for free if they haven't sold out. Yeah. So you might have a thousand tickets left and they'll just go to all the schools and go, yeah, it's a fucking thousand tickets because I need the TV revs. So the stadium looks full. They're getting the television revs and people in the local communities are getting in for free. Fucking winner, winner. Yeah, it's really good that. Um and I'm, I'm the same. I've subscribed to the NHL one, and they're exactly the same. Is there's, there's not, The blackouts do obviously occur in certain games, but the majority of every single one of your games from your team you can watch, which is which is wonderful for what a lot of people that support Liverpool outside of the, of the UK. Because in America, uh, I know um, you know you had Seamus on 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 the podcast from from WWE, and he was saying he's got an app on his phone that he you know pays ten to twenty dollars. A month for and he can watch every single Liverpool game no matter what. So which is which is great. And Mick, you mentioned about Amazon, didn't you? Uh, at Christmas now it was it was it was kind of cool what everyone liked about it. The fact every game was on demand, sort of, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it's it's it just ease, isn't it? Like it, it, it you think it's 2020, and like Chris just explained that just so easily, like something that's just so common sense. Why hasn't something like that been implemented earlier? It it doesn't make sense. So why are we adhering to these prehistoric rules still? when the world's changed now. Like it's so easy to watch a game on your phone or whatever. So why aren't we why aren't why hasn't the move, the world moved with it? That, that's my point. Like Amazon when I think it was Boxing Day it was yeah. the Leicester game. And there was a few complaints. Like when people leave your internet's bad or whatever because you're reliant on your broadband and whatever. But if you if you're fine with watching it on the on the internet, then most people do anyway because if you if you're watching it on a, a stream or whatever, you're relying on your internet anyway. So why not have a, a legal way to do it? Yeah, okay. even like a ten pound a month, no one would 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 turn those up at that ten pound a month. For Amazon. No, that's pick, it. Pick pick your game, pick pick your commentary, turn the commentary off if you can't be asked with the people who are commentating, and crack on easy. I, I pay a hundred and twenty quid a year for the the NFL one, something like that, and there's only like fucking sixteen games in the regular season, you know, and you, so by comparison on a per game basis, you get you'd get well more. Out of that ten quid a month for for Liverpool, wouldn't you? You know, yeah. you're looking at sixty games a season there. I'd pay a five at a game. Yeah, definitely. and I, I'd, I'm going to half of them, and I'd <laughs> still pay it. Um, I, I, you know, it is about making sure that everybody can do it. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I, I think I think the Premier League will have to do something, and I think it's going to be the television channels that lose out in this because I think the clubs will win. I think at some point we already know there's a Premier League pass, which is the official Premier League app. You just can't get it in the UK. Yeah. At yeah. some point they're gonna they're gonna do that. You know what I mean? They're, they're gonna do that, and the clubs are gonna make a lot more money than they're making off television revs. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, lad. You promised that it's happened. Yeah, there we go. Did you hear what she said? No, what she say? Go away. 
Uh, that's the thing as well. It's like we've got that many frigging subscriptions kind of out, out of our ears now. I've just had to sign up to Disney Plus. There's another one. Oh, I tell you, we've got that many fucking subscriptions going. It's unreal. It's mad though. That's the way the world's gone, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when we set up Redmond's subscription thing, like um, Netflix hadn't even hit the UK, you know? Yeah, like, it was postal service, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we nicked the um we nicked the terms and conditions off Love Film, I think it was back in the day. Yeah, well, <laughs> I used to post the DVD. See, Netflix didn't come out in the UK till twenty twelve. Now everyone does a subscription, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I've got Disney Plus. I, I don't have Sky. I haven't had Sky in four or five years, something like that. But I have Netflix, I have Amazon Prime, I have Disney Plus, um and stuff. And it, people are used to it and you pay for what you want. And people would pay for the Premier League. Like yeah. even when I had Sky, I paid it for footy. Yeah. And I got to the point where I was spending 100 quid a month just for the footy and some internet. And I was like, I can't afford that. It's yeah. just too much, like. Yeah. It is. It's absolutely ridiculous the way the, the Sky and BT got the monopoly. Don't get me wrong, some sometime, some of the stuff they broadcast sometimes is you know, is worth every penny. Like Monday Night Football is just arguably the, the one of the best shows in terms of footy. Even when Liverpool aren't on, you still find yourself watching it because you love the oh, yeah, pre-match, yeah. you love the post-match. It's... It's brilliant. I love the retro stuff they're doing right now. Watching the Liverpool Newcastle game the other day was great. So the fill in the time and the black. Chris, you're absolutely right, mate. That Premier League pass that that comes over to the UK, it's going to be huge for everybody. It really is. Um, so just the, there's another bit of news that came out over the weekend. Um, Mick, the, there was details around Liverpool furlough in the staff. Uh, and I know this is a bit of a. a, a, a it's a it's one of them subjects of the minute. Do we talk about it? Do we not talk about it? Well, I, I want to address it because I want to gain your thoughts on it, mate, on how you how you felt when you first read it that Liverpool fell of the staff, Mick. Um, I think it's I don't know it, it, because we're such clubs are always going to be targeted. Like you've they've got people in in the government who are coming out talking about coronavirus and then they're getting sidetracked and talking about Premier League players' wages. Yeah. So why why is that why is that a topic of conversation when you should be allaying the fucking country's fears of what on telling them what's going on and stuff like it's a, it's a way to to sidetrack people I don't know I, it's been blown up a lot hasn't it clearly I mean I know Carter came out on Twitter and said he wasn't he wasn't pleased with it I think Stan Collymore came out as well and said something about it but uh, no I think it's been blown up a lot compared to what it actually is I mean like like Chris uh, just said like. For, was it 48 million profit last year or something like that? And uh, I think Man City have they've agreed to pay the, the, their all their staff I think for for the foreseeable future. So I'd, 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 if it was me making the decision, I, I'd be just paying the staff from from the profits that we've made because I, I, it is a bit of a strange one to be eating into the government's funds. But then that's just me. What's your thoughts on it, Chris? I'm really torn on it to be honest with you, lads, because there's a part of me that goes. Fucking hell, that's against everything that Liverpool stands for, yeah. and and I've and it pains me to see it. Um, there was a quote in Mel Reddy's piece that she put out this morning that said um, something along the lines of, "It's like going to a food bank when you can still afford to go to Sainsbury's and buy your shopping." Exactly. And and, yeah. and that's what that's what pisses me off about it, and what pisses me off as well is the fact that they've gone over and they've used this this is more slogan and everybody's talking about it and rightfully so because they want to say that it means more and yet 
they want to quote Shankly and socialism and all that type of stuff, and yet they're using the government fund there when they probably don't need to. But equally, there's a flip side of the argument where you can look at it and go, well, they're a business that pays a fuckload of tax in this country that are entitled to be able to use that government fund like every other business, like McDonald's have, and they made... 10 times give or take the, the amount of profit that Liverpool probably made in 2018 and they furloughed 15,000 staff or whatever um, you've also got like the likes of the things along the lines of well football's a business first of all you know you can't be a socialist entity in a capitalist society it doesn't work like that you can't you can't Liverpool if we want them competing at the very top of the Premier League and at the very top in Europe it's a fucking business and we need to spend what we make and we need to make as much money as we can so we can continue to spend and continue to attack the best players on the best wages and challenge at the top of the upper echelons of football. Um, you've also got things like, well, we're hemorrhaging sales at the moment. There's no, probably no, not much merchandise revenue. There's no, there, you've got that TV thing hanging over you. Are they going to be made to pay it back? If they pay 100 million back to the TV companies, that 42 million pounds of profit is very, very quickly wiped out. Yeah. Um, you're also looking at match date revenues of 2 million pounds each game is going to be wiped out. They're probably not going to get that for a long time. Even if football does come back, you're not getting any of the the, the, the money coming in from match day revs because it's probably going to be behind closed doors. Yeah. There's so many things that come into this and people are saying things like, um, you know, what about the, the players taking a pay cut? Well, let's say something was brought up on one of our shows before. Let's say Mo Salah's pay, uh, paid 200 grand a week and let's say 50% of his wages go to the UK's government for tax, which is probably... True. Yeah. yeah, right. So he's paying 100 grand a week personally in tax, right? You then knock Salah down to 40 grand a week. He's probably paying 20 grand a week in tax yeah. instead of 100. So the UK government's just lost 80 grand a week from one Liverpool player taking a pay cut. Stop. Well, hang on a minute. What, what's the government best off with? Paying them 100%. And then paying the tax into the thing to to help everybody else in the furlough schemes, or yeah. everyone to be on forty grand a week, and the, the government getting nowhere near as much. Yeah. So there's yeah. so much more here than meets the eye, and I, like I'm one of those people who, morally, I'm outraged. Morally, it goes against everything that I I think Liverpool football clubs should stand for because I hold Liverpool. I'm sorry for going on here, lads. No. I. I I hold I hold Liverpool to a much higher standard than I do McDonald's because I fucking love them and I'll always love them and I'll take them to my grave. If I just don't like McDonald's, I go Burger King. Like it doesn't fucking matter to me, you know what I mean? But then nobody loves McDonald's. McDonald's doesn't have fans like a football club has fans, and we don't want to be told that we're consumers, and yet we are. We want to be told that this is more, this means more, and that's what we want. But they're flaunting that in our face at the moment because they're telling us this means more, but actually they're not at the same time. So I'm really right down the middle where I can see the business side of things and I can see my football club doing something that goes against everything that I believe in. I'm leaning more towards that you piss me off there because morally it's not right. But I don't understand the business of it. And I think it's very easy to get morally outraged about something when you don't know the facts and figures. And the only people that know the facts and figures work in that football club and they might be able to tell you in a year's time Liverpool were able to compete still at the top because of the decisions that they made today and I don't think any of us are in a really good position to be able to tell you what the right or wrong thing is and I, I, people will say I'm sitting on the fence and I've got splinters in my arse from it and I have but I also don't like making hard fast decisions from a place where I don't have every piece of information to make a proper opinion. Yeah, 
And Chris, mate, honestly, there's about 50,000 people now fucking applauding you for that, mate, because you're absolutely spot on. I couldn't have said that any better myself. You are, without a doubt, right. And it turns, it's right to sit on the fence with it. Mick, I was, I, as soon as I was like you, mate, as soon as I read it, I was like, you are, you are fucking joking. I, I thought at first they were just using the term furlough to let everybody know what they were doing. And when I read the 100% thing, I thought, all right, well, they're paying 100% of the wages, the furlough of the staff is fine, just from, from a terminology perspective. But when I went a bit deeper into the article, I thought, you just don't believe it, do you? You don't think, nah, Liverpool will never do that, they never do that. But Chris is absolutely spot on. It's, I mean, I worked for Huawei, and they're a massive company, but we've been furloughed on 80%. So, again, they're, they're a, a ginormous tech company, surely they can afford to do that. But again, there's sales that aren't happening in the minute because every phone store's closed, there's stuff that, there's no training that's going on. And people have got to see the bigger picture, whereas you're just going to have rival fans just looking to take a pop shot at Liverpool because of this and what you said Mick about City having all, you know, all that money they can afford to do that but Chris is right it, we are losing TV money we are losing revenue in terms of merchandise it's, there is more to this than meets the eye and that's what we've got to, that's what we've got to look at but I think at the end of the day I remember the set you know everyone remembers the £77 ticket incident a few years back um, and there was a bit of a U-turn from the from the powers that be on that because they did understand what was going on and it, it wasn't the Liverpool way and, you know, what would Shankly do and all that sort of stuff. And maybe something will come of it this week. We don't know that, but I think people really need to see the bigger picture. Um, and like like Chris said, morally, yeah, we're outraged by it, but I'm sure I'm sure it lies deeper than that, doesn't it? And we've just got to wait and see. We've just got to wait and see. Yeah, you, you just don't know, do you? This feels different to this ticket price thing for me, yeah. just from the simple fact that... Um, it was the fans that were getting, you know, done out of something. Like we were paying more money. I ain't seen anybody who's been furloughed coming up and going, "That's terrible," because they've just been secured hundred percent wages for whatever. Yeah. You know, and the people that are actually affected here aren't shouting up about it. They're probably quite happy that they're still getting hundred percent of the wages because they're fucking made up because they were probably shitting themselves before all this. Um, it doesn't sit right with me that we can afford to. We can't afford to pay those staff because it's such a small percentage of what the club outgoings are that you wonder whether it really makes a difference. And had it had Liverpool been the twentieth club in the Premier League to do this, yeah, yeah. I'd have accepted it. But with a fucking fifth, and we're up there with Newcastle and Spurs, and Ashley's a cunt, and fucking <laughs> Le- Levy's a tight bastard. And then you look at the other couple of clubs who are uh, Bournemouth and Norwich, and you go, ah. Poor yeah, old Norwich and Bournemouth. It's like, well, I'm, I'm holding Liverpool to a higher standard yeah. here. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, I just find it really difficult to make a, a, a call on this without knowing the full ins and outs. I tell you, I'm on, I'm on the fence, but I'm leaning more towards moral outrage. Yeah, and I, I, mate, I, I, me and Mick are right there with you, pal. We've got the splinters in our ass as well with you. I think <laughs> you've just got to... I, I think everything that FSG have done over the last 10 years... You know, on a whole, has been has been fantastic. They've rescued us from the, the abyss of administration and going out of business to you know on the verge of being Premier League champions, and we've won the Champions League under them. So, I'm I'm not an FSG out person. I never have been, and I doubt I, I ever will be either. And I, I don't make these decisions. This is why I, I do the job that I do, and I don't work for Liverpool Football Club doing those jobs. Same way, I'll never really criticise the manager because I don't I don't make the freaking decisions. You've just got to accept what what happens and. Time will tell. We'll see what happens. But at the end of the day, as fans, we've just got to we just accept what what we read. And like you said, Chris, as soon as we find 
the details about it. And like Chris just said, then we're not, you know, we're the fifth club to do it. I'm sure if loads of other clubs started doing it now, we'd be like, ah, see, right, dickhead, you, you've given us shit for it. You're all doing it now because, like like you said, they're a, they're a UK company, they pay the tax as they do, a lot more tax than a lot of other companies do. Oh, it's just laughable. It's just the pot shots we're getting at the minute from rival fans. It's just another reason to slag Liverpool. Go on, Mick, sorry. It's because we're in the, the social media age where everything full and fucking knee-jerk reactions, so... Because yeah. we are the fifth, like you said, Jay, if everyone starts to do it, then it, we can see the bigger picture. But it's going to be a year from now where we can, someone can come out and say, well, actually, we, we need to do this in order, like, to, like Chris said, comp- to maintain and compete at the highest level. As yeah. we win the Premier League next year, and then they come out and go, well, this is the reason why, then we would give a fuck now. <laughs> it's unprecedented times for everybody, you know. It, it, it's worrying for for every single person, don't matter what job you do at the minute. And everybody working at Liverpool Football Club will be exactly the same. And the last thing I would ever want is for any football club to go out of business. And if that is a case for money being passed down from the top tier down to the bottom tier, where Liverpool have furloughed their staff, and that has a domino effect for the whole of football. And a football club doesn't go out of business in the lower leagues, then you know I'm perfectly happy with that because it's going to affect everybody. And I'm just hopefully that. Everyone makes the right decision where football just carries on after this because it's unfair for anybody to lose their job in football. You've seen that again, the news with Burnley, Burnley's chairman was on Sky Sports the other day saying we could go out of business and that's Burnley are in the Premier League and I feel sick for them, I really do. And you just don't want to see that, do you? No, not at all. Like, and the, I think the world's going to be a completely different place. I think we all know that, don't we? It's, it's, it's not going to be the same as what it was before this all happened. And there's going to be tons of businesses on the high street, football clubs. There's, and it's going to take a long time for football to recover as well. Yeah. Here because, you know, the, the transfer fees, what happens to all of them? Because everybody's struggling, so they're going to go down. And then does it take time for it to build up to 2019 levels again? Could it be five years before football's the same? Who knows? Like, we, we just don't know right now because we're still in the middle of it. We don't know when the end's going to be. So it's just very difficult and it's such a mad fucking situation that it'd be very, very hard to try and guess what's going to happen next, I suppose. Yeah, exactly, mate. And fucking typical, and that's what when we're on the verge of winning the bloody league, eh? Oh, <laughs> right, man. Oh, everything just happens to us, but hey, yeah. deal with it, boys. Wait 30 years, I'm, I'm willing to wait a little bit longer, eh? Too right. Too right. <laughs> um, Chris, we really appreciate uh, you being with us today, mate. We really do. And um, we just want to say um, we're really enjoying your videos of your matches. <laughs> it's, uh, it's boss, mate. I know you just sort of fell into it from your isolation stuff, mate, but it's... Uh, it's brilliant as well because it's giving people ideas on what to do with the kids while they're off and, you know, it's it, how to juggle both work. And especially for what, what you do for a living is so heavily invested in terms of the social media side, the YouTube side, mate. And, you know, I'm sure I'm sure you're an inspiration to many. I mean, I'm making a fucking perfect steak sandwich now, lad. Uh, it's brilliant. Yeah. That's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. I, 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 I can finally cook something. <laughs> I was going to ask Chris, was it was it just like a spare of the moment thing you've done this? Obviously, you've got got more time on your hands now. But have you have you thought? Did you think about doing this beforehand? I'd, I've thought for ages, like I wanted to do something, but I wanted to do something that wasn't footy. I wanted to do something that was just me, just fucking around and stuff. So I've always like, I, you know, I worked eighteen years in catering. It's yeah. been a long time since I've been a, a full time chef. Like, don't get me wrong, but um, so I've always like had a passion of food and all that type of stuff, and then. I've, I've never really nailed down what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do something around food. 
And then when it happened, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do a fucking vlog for the first day. And people seem to like the cooking bit in the middle. So I decided to just start making a few cooking videos off the back of it. Just fucking, like, home cooking, innit? You know what I mean? People like, if you want to do something fancy, go and do something fancy. But if you want to just make what you've got with stuff that you've got in the fridge, then let's do that as well. Like, so I kind of fell into it. And I've also kind of thought about it for a while, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, it's, it's perfect. The, the perfect time to do it, though, isn't it? Like everyone, everyone's at home. Everyone's probably got limited food, or they're waiting for stuff to get delivered. So they're, they're trying to make stuff out of the stuff they've got in the cupboard, and then you're bashing out these Cajun wraps, and everyone's like, "Cajun <laughs> wrap." <laughs> it's, it's funny, like it's funny because it's just fucking just me taking around at the end of the day. I don't want to be like a fucking massive YouTuber or not like that. In fact, I'm. It, the bad thing is, I'm. Like I've never really put my kids up on anything before, like so that was a bit of a bit of a strange one for me to do it. But I got I got a few things where people said, "Oh, you've put a smile on my face," and I thought, you know what, I'll continue to do it. Like, um, if I'm putting a smile on one person's face, then it's worthwhile. Yeah, defo, mate, defo. Um, well, you put a smile on my wife's face anyway because I made a fucking tea for her, so well, well, so she was buzzing. Well, th- that's for another episode. <laughs> 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 yeah, News to me. Never seen you in the kitchen before, lad. Honestly, uh, it's, 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 it's pay jack magic, mate. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, well, listen. Thanks again, Chris. Thanks very much for joining us today, pal. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, Mick, we'll be back uh, towards the end of the week, won't we? With something else. Yeah. Isolation day three. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, a fucking big brother house, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, just nice to see your fucking face, lad. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, cheers, boys, and uh, listen. Thanks, thanks for everybody for uh, for watching as well, and um, give us a like, comment, and subscribe. Let us know your thoughts on the stuff that we've been discussing today, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. See you in a bit. Sports Social Podcast Network.